1: Let's get this dinner party started.
2: My name is Keelan Dunn, and you are listening to The Honest Actors Podcast.
0: Hi, my name is Jonathan Harden, and you're listening to Episode 12 of Series 2 of The Honest Actors Podcast, sponsored by Todaytix. If you want great offers on theatre tickets, access Today seats on your mobile and exclusive front row lotteries. You need TodayTix, the ticketing app that lets you see theatre differently. To get tickets with no queues and no fuss, download TodayTix now on the App Store and Google Play. Now, before I let you hear this week's episode, I should say that this is the second last, the penultimate episode of Series 2. So now it would be an excellent time, if you haven't already, to go onto iTunes and give it a rating and or a review. It can be a complex procedure but it is very much appreciated and does make a massive difference in terms of getting it out there to people who haven't necessarily heard the good news also just to remind you that i am running the london marathon 2017 in aid of the actors children's trust it's a cracking little tiny charity that needs all the help it can get and you can help me to help them by going on to justgiving.com forward slash Harden and giving whatever you can afford. Every penny helps. That's enough favour begging from me. Here's episode 12 with Kaylin Dunn. Enjoy. All right, um, I'm recording and uh, I've just sat down to you, Kaylin. and my clipboard has snapped in two. This is the clipboard that um, I've had since the start, so pretty much telling me not to continue. Fucking hell. That's my trusty... Anyway, that's not going to be an interview. No, don't. I have a load of uh, questions here for you. Um, And don't panic, because some of them are written out many times in different versions. So this is my most recent (laughs) version. Um, I don't know why I still bring all the old versions with me. If anybody listens could see this. It's like 40 pages of questions. Uh, So, uh, first of all, thanks very much. No problem. For coming into town uh, when you have absolutely no need to. So I appreciate it. Um, and secondly, how did you come to be an actor? Straight in, isn't it? in, like That was terribly, up. that was awfully done. Like that That was one of the worst segues in the history. I knew it was
2: of, coming though, I knew it was coming. So okay,
0: was so before. you must know the answer to the question, hopefully.
2: I do. Uh, well, it kind of came in a, in a weird way. We, as kids, me, and my sister, and my brother had always kind of been. Performing in some way or another. Me and my sister were Irish dancers, and um, we all learned instruments. So we were always playing something or doing something. Um, and in school, in secondary school, where we went to school, we, every transition year, which is fourth year of secondary school in Ireland, our school did a musical. And the year I was in transition year, we did Oliver. And I was so, so desperately wanted to be Nancy. And, of course, didn't get the part of Nancy and was absolutely distraught, but got the part of Dodger. Um, Which was weird, but kind of wonderful at the same time. And I had been...
0: Did you realise? I mean, are you retrospectively saying it was wonderful and at the time were you just, but I'm not Nancy?
2: At the time, for like about ten minutes, I was like... Oh, this is why. I'm, what am I going to do in this then? Yeah, this is awful. And then I was taken aside and told there is a reason you're not Nancy because we want you to be Dodger. <laughs> um, and that kind of calmed me down. At a what bit. age
0: is this? Fourteen? The fifteen?
2: Fifteen or sixteen? Right. Okay. Um, but I was very shy, a very shy, cripplingly shy teenager. Um, and I did it and I loved and I loved every minute of it and I took myself and I think my entire family by surprise I remember my mother saying afterwards to me who was that who was that up there who's she and I kind of got this feeling but they liked it And they loved it and it was kind of they were used to the no eye contact head down (laughs) mumbling Keelan So to be up on a stage in front of 100 people singing and performing was, I think, a bit of a shock, but a pleasant shock. So that, for me, was like, okay, I have to do this again. But I put my sensible head on and thought, all right, I'll go to university first, I'll get my degree.
0: And much of that was you internally deciding sensible head, and much of that, do you think, looking back, was great that you're up there and we're really proud of you and who was that but also can you make sure whoever that is gets a degree before
2: yeah it was a little bit of both okay it was a little bit of both and but I had I had a fairly a fairly strong interest no it was stronger than fairly strong interest in going to university and and doing law so I thought right I'll get that maybe this will come up again maybe in university I can do more of this So I went to university in Limerick to do law, sociology and French. And I got through my first year in university and I realised that university was not what I thought it was going to be.
0: What did you think university was going to be, out of interest?
2: I thought it was going to be learning and creative and kind of there would be a freedom of expression in both your learning and in your life. And after my first uh, exams, I realised, oh no, actually, you're not really supposed to use your own initiative. Yeah. Um, you're supposed to listen and write the things, learn those things in exactly the way you've written them, and then go into the exam it's and the write same. them exactly the same. More way. of the same. So. I didn't do so well in my first year exams. And I realised, oh, okay. So then I went into the second year of university knowing that actually I didn't have to do half as much work as I thought I had to do. So I started, like... I got involved in student politics and I kind of drift, drifted away from my, from my studies. But actually managed in second year to get better marks than I had in first year because I realised oh, there's a way to work this system. Um, And then the niggling feeling came back of... "Mm, Remember that thing that you did that you really
0: liked? So you... I mean, you... You had totally just... For the sake of at least first year at university, you had just put that to one side. It wasn't like, I'm looking for opportunities, going to watch plays. You were just like... It it was something you did at school, now you're at university, and... Because that's different from putting your sensible head on. That implies that the whole time you're going, this is just a sensible bit, but actually I want to be an actor. But it sounds like there was at least a year where you were going... You weren't even thinking about it.
2: Well, no, I wasn't, because it was... it was. I think maybe there was a part of me that was like, well, how how would you even go about that? It didn't help that my brother was in med school.
1: <laughs> Why? So,
2: well, because... The prospect of having a lawyer and a doctor was quite, you know, appealing to my parents.
0: But surely then he took a bit of pressure off because at least, at least they've got a doctor. No.
2: No, are you kidding me? Why, why settle for one when you can have two?
0: Interesting. So second year university.
2: Second year university. Your- I go, right, OK, I'm going to do this. And I'd become really disillusioned with... Won the legal system of Ireland when I realised that if you're not a straight white Catholic man the system is designed to keep you in your place Um, and for somebody who wanted to study human rights law that was a bit of a blow (laughs) because you're kind of going well I'm always going to be fighting an uphill and I looked at performance and kind of thought well can I do what I wanted to do in another way as well can I reach people and achieve, maybe not on the same scale the kind of change, but on a a smaller scale, that kind of... maybe not even change, but something, have a positive effect in a different medium, in a different area. So I went back to my folks and I said... I want to leave university and I want to do acting. And they kind of went, oh, well, okay. We're not, nobody here is entirely sure that this is something that you can make a living out of.
0: Okay.
2: I think that was the biggest concern at that time. They, they gave in and said, okay. Um, Not that I gave them much choice. Um, And I went and did a... A part-time year in the Gaiety School of Acting. Applied for the full-time course, didn't get it. So I did a part-time year, which was like two nights a week. And I was working in financial services admin at the time, which is actually a really weird time to work in, in financial services in Ireland. when you look back on it now.
0: Yeah. Can I ask a question which I've never asked before, which is, um, what, looking back, why do you think you didn't get in? Like what would you put that down to looking back was it was it something to do with where you were with it, or was it something to do with maybe where the people who auditioned you were with the kind of people they wanted for the course, or
2: I don't know, I don't know, and I didn't know then because I
0: mean time would have proven them wrong let's be let's be honest <laughs> yeah. to some degree time has proven them wrong, so yeah. I'm just wondering what you know what's different or what what might have changed in you in that in that part of I that think year?
2: confidence confidence. In, in performance I think changed in me I think I did that that part time year and also did like we used to do this thing Shakespeare in the Park in St Stephen's Green um, in the summers where we do two shows a day for two weeks of a Shakespearean comedy mm. and we'd cross cast it and also swap the parts so all the women's parts became men's parts and the men's parts became women's parts Um, and it was my teacher of my part time year who used to organise it and doing that and doing showcases during the part time year I think I went into the second full time audition going no I know what I'm doing
0: yeah so there's a certain amount of I'm not quite sure this is where I'm meant to be I
2: have the raw
0: thing yeah but I don't know how
2: to channel the raw thing yeah. And I think practice and to lose whatever that, con- that self consciousness is. Just commit. Exactly. And just throw that, all the other stuff away of of what that is. So I, on the second turn, I got in to the two year full time course of the Gaiety.
0: So you go and do that, you're three yeah. years in, you come out. Do you remember? I'm sure, you do. The first professional job you got out of the Gaiety. Yes. What oh, was it?
2: It was... It was like, it's a pretty damn sweet job to get out of drama school. It was Macbeth featuring the, one of the most amazing cast I'd, I'd ever worked with. And it was... It was amazing. It was an amazing job to kind of go, like, now I've set the bar for myself, where do I go from here? Well,
0: here's the question. So, so you find yourself at what age, 23, say? Yeah, about 23. 23. And you're working at a great theatre with a great cast on a Shakespeare play, which obviously, above all things, for a young actor, makes you feel, like, bona fide. Like, I'm a proper actor. I'm doing Shakespeare with proper people and I'm getting paid. So you're getting used to, you know, the usual things give you a kick, like stage doors and having a an dress and all that stuff. How do you go from that? to the first day after that finishes? Did you go straight into another job? Or or how... I mean, I'm assuming at that point you were walking around on air for a large part of that, like, um, I'm living the dream.
2: I was. It was a weird time, though, because... And this kind of throws it through. The day before, my last term of drama school, Mm -hmm. my mother passed. Oh, okay. So everything was kind of in a weird haze and because I hadn't taken the time to process that I had literally that had happened on the Sunday and the Monday I went into drama school and kind of just went into this weird denial anger thing and so I was doing Macbeth a year after that so I was still in that thing and kind of blocking it out and kind of living it up. Yeah. Um, so whenever I stopped working, it was a frantic need to... Because there was an ability within working to deny a reality. Yeah. Whereas when you stopped, then you had to kind of...
0: And there's no routine for an actor as well. Which well, that's is kind the, of the thing. Killer. So when
2: you when you come off that high, the low is lower. Mm-hmm. So I drank heavily. Um, I, I say heavily now, but it's mad when you're in Ireland and you and it's. I can say heavily now because looking back, it was excessive. But at the time. And in those surroundings, it wasn't weird. No. And that was a huge problem living and working in Ireland. Is the excessive consumption of alcohol.
0: So, so you you get to that point, like you say, you go from a huge high into what is lack of routine. Mm. You know, not having dealt with things maybe as a hangover from before of things that just had not you'd been able to push to one side. Yeah. And focus on being an actor and being in a great show with great people um, has that process then of being out of work got, gotten easier with time have you learned how to cope with the lack of routine the lack of financial uh, reward lack of income all the things that come with not working
2: financially yeah I'm a lot better at dealing I'm a lot cuter with my money um, than I used to be
0: Cuter is a great one. That's a, I, it's thing, things things that things that will read differently. Cuter with your money is brilliant. I love it.
2: Uh, but you have to be in London. You have to be sharp with, with your with your cash. Um, I'd still get. I still. I just think I have a very low threshold for boredom anyway. So I get very bored very easily. Um, and the routine. The routine. I still. I do still struggle with not working. I do still kind of go, well, how am I going to entertain myself?
0: Because um, the two things are intertwined in that sense. If oh, you don't probably. have money, then the, the choice of things to do is limited. And actually, you've got so much time on your hands that you've a hell of a lot of time to kill.
2: Yeah. So I try to just, I always try to write and I never get anywhere with anything because it's always anywhere, whenever I reach any meaningful point in anything I'm writing, I get a job. It's not a terrible complaint but I still would like to go back and be able to finish that stuff.
0: But you must have loads of stuff in a drawer or a folder oh, you somewhere. Have, I have
2: about five half-finished screenplays. Brilliant. It's better um, than no
0: screenplays. That's
2: very true. Yeah. Um, I, read, I read a lot because I can't read during rehearsals and depending on the show, it can be difficult to read a book to get your head into one world and then get it into another. So I, I eat books when I'm not, when I'm not working.
0: i can't afford food.
2: Well, does that as well, fiber. Uh,
0: So this is a question you probably heard before, um, and it's quite simply aimed at, in some way, illustrating who you are to the people who might not know who you are. Um, So if I was to ask you for one job, which um, not necessarily the one that you're best known for, but the one that you would like people to know you for. So it could actually be something you pluck from obscurity and go, that was great but it's really just it's a selfish thing what would you like to, what, what do you like to be associated with the most
2: well there's a, that's a weird one because there are two, there's the one that I am very much associated with mm-hmm. that I don't think I will ever shake off till the mm-hmm. day I die and it's not a bad thing no it's a brilliant thing which is the night alive that I did in the Donmar Con McPherson which was one of the most <clears throat> amazing experiences I've ever had working it was that magic of when all when all of the elements come together. I mean, it all just completely fell into place.
0: So, the question that begs asking on that then is, is: you set that up like you that wasn't the one you were going to pick, and yet you've just described the dream job. So, well, it's because because what beats that?
2: Because there are two things. I mean, this is it's not that anything beats it.
0: Uh, it's just that
2: they're they're <laughs> on a par, but they're so different.
0: Uh, yeah, I'll let, I'll let you have that then. So what's the other one?
2: Wild that I did at Hampstead because, again, great director, James MacDonald, who I'd wanted to work with for years. Um, great, again, another great cast. But the thing for me about Wild was that I didn't have to cry and I was allowed to be funny. And that is something that It was a role that I had never got before.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. I... I remember doing... I did 24-hour plays in Dublin uh, a few years ago. And we were doing our initial meeting and somebody said, what is the one thing you've never done on stage? And I said, I've never not cried.
0: That's brilliant. And... As a notion, like, that's just brilliant. Even to be aware of that.
2: And it was so much fun. And... It's strange because growing up, comedy had always been a huge part of my life. You know, I we were raised on French and Saunders and Wood and Walters and, and, you know, watching Billy Connolly and, and Richard Pryor doing stand-up. That was what we watched in our house. So to then go into performance and and have to wait so long to do something funny. Because, I mean, it's not that there aren't funny Irish plays, but a lot of them do...
0: Go quite dark.
2: Well, we do tend to dwell on the fact that we've had a dark history and that people have been poor and that people drink a lot and that people get depressed a lot. And it's very... It's very, very. It can be exhausting when you when you go from part to part of. And this play is about child abuse. It's
0: true. And this play is about alcoholism. I'd never thought of this, but you're you're hundred percent on the money, actually.
2: And then, (laughs) you're going. Is this, is this what it is? Is this? And somebody said, "Is this
0: my life? Is my career now going to be?"
2: Somebody said to me the other day, "You're an Irish actress. You can't not cry in plays." that's what people will want you to do
0: but just let's I mean let's take that to the nth degree can you imagine if, if I said to you listen you're going you're gonna to be working for the rest of your life you'd go brilliant and I'd say yeah but you've got to cry and every, every night you work you're going to have to get yourself to the point where you cry your eyes out because something really terrible has happened to you or someone you love like that would have to have a psychological impact on you long term like that you couldn't go through life regardless of how much you thought you could separate nah, I'm just going on stage and doing some acting like you couldn't the bleakness of that over time would have to affect your psych psychologically affect you surely it does of course it does did you feel any better or different coming out of a theatre after doing a play in which you weren't required to cry
2: I felt yeah I was completely on a high
0: do you know what I mean like so there's your there's your proof in a way
2: and also it's a weird reaction audiences have to dramatic performance and comedic performance I think we, we pref- Whether we're conscious of it or, or not, we prefer one over the other because we think one is more, maybe not more difficult, but more worthy of our praise than the other because okay. we kind of go, wow, that was terribly moving and the things you had to do in order to get there. And that shows such great skill and and whereas the other one is just kind of a lark not that it's just kind of a lark but we just kind of go well that's just it's a skit it's a play it's a a thing so that actually took a fair amount of pressure off in a weird way when you're doing something like that because people are not looking at you to be to do an amazing Olivier Award winning turn yeah um, she as this, really
0: cried. I saw the she, yeah, tears. Yeah, there were
2: real tears when yeah. she lost her baby. Slash, didn't have a baby. Slash, yeah, tried to kill herself. Slash.
0: So, so, if I bring this back to something you said a little bit ago, which is we were talking about, you know, you wanted a human rights mm. law, and thinking could you do something similar or have some kind of social impact through a different realm, like mm. a different enterprise. Um, both examples of the shows of, that you were proud of were plays. Mm. You've done a fair amount of stuff on TV and on film. And interestingly, the first two things come into your head are, are plays. I think a lot of actors would go, oh, I did this big film, I'm really proud of that because of, you know, whatever. Do you think that's partly because of that aspiration to, to have an impact in some way or has that dissipated and I suppose also then to kind of extend that into what we were just talking about um, regardless of the pressure being taken off doing comedy do you think you have an inbuilt bias towards the dark stuff?
2: Hmm I think the thing with the picking the first part of that picking theatre
0: it's a complex question, apologies.
2: No, you're all right. um, Is There's an immediate connection with people. Um, and I think theatre is so much more... or is allowed to be so much more political. I don't care if you didn't like the play. If, if I made you angry enough... To go out and have an argument with your friend about why you didn't like it or whether you agreed with it or not. That's my job done. Job done. TV and film is so different. And I think we expect so many different things from performers on screen than we do on stage. Um, I remember when I did Love, Hate... Getting that script and that character for the first time was amazing. It was already being held as this massive drama, the, the likes of which Ireland had never seen before. And I thought, well, where am I going to fit into this? Because I'm not I'm not a gangster's mall kind of... You know, I don't play those roles. So they brought me back and they told me about this character, Lizzie. And I thought, this is amazing. This is... This is a character I've not seen on television, Mm -hmm. and this is a character I wanted to see on television. And they told me what I had to do. Mm -hmm. And I will spoil it, I don't care, that I had to shoot somebody. Shave my head and shoot someone. And I thought, wow, this is huge. And then I did it. Now... (laughs) To shoot a big character is one thing. But to shoot a, a pretty boy, that was it. Well, that was it in what sense? That was it. Like, I had dug... I'm in. I dug a <laughs> hole for myself that I could not dig <laughs> myself out of. I was... hated. Really? Hated.
0: So I missed all of that? So you were hated because... I was Hated. So it is worth glossing. Then in the third season of this show, you uh, killed one of the lead and loved characters. Yeah, I and, shot and Robbie
2: Sheehan in the back and of the a, head. A beautiful
0: man. Yeah. Yeah. What does that look like? Whenever you, you, you're, that goes out. You, 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 I assume before that goes out, you know, people aren't going to like you after this. There might be a, bit well, of I, a, bit, thought, a backlash of some sort.
2: I ha- well, you see what I thought. And this was the thing: is that. As I was saying before, the effect that you have on people and the things that you do in theatre, any kind of reaction is... I don't know.
0: It's limited by the amount of people that can fit into a theatre for a start.
2: That is, and is what they expect when they get on. When they get in there and, you know, their own experiences of theatre.
0: And being and present in the see, room with you almost underlines that you're not actually the character.
2: Yeah, and their expectations as well of... This is Of what, what women are, what women are supposed to look like, what women are supposed to do. I, but when I did that, and it was immediate, the reaction. I remember I was sitting, sitting there with my dad watching it, and the family started to text in going, Oh, my God, I can't believe she did that. And then, but at this
0: point, it's still kind of like, it's a bit of crack It's a bit of crap. In the, in the
2: I can't believe you killed
0: Robbie Shane.
2: Initial hour.
0: LOL. Afterwards, right. yeah.
2: It was all fairly like, ah, yeah, you didn't see that coming, did you? And we were having a gas laugh about it. And then it started to get aggressively unpleasant. I mean, I was called
0: everything under the sun. In mainstream media?
2: Not in mainstream media, first. Initially, it was online. And it got vicious, and it, it... I won't even say the things that I was called. Um, and then...
0: Is that lonely? I mean, is there anyone you can kind of, who you can relate to with that stuff? I'm assuming not, your dad is totally ill-equipped to deal with that. You know, there's nothing really he can say to help. He doesn't know what to do with it. Well, so I who did, do you speak to, or who do you... You
2: don't really... Talk, you don't, I don't know. It was so bizarre that you do this thing that you think... Because the reaction I thought I was going—I knew it wasn't going to be like, yay! Yeah! But I thought, just as a young woman, that to see a young woman do that, I thought, yes. yes. Yeah. However, some of the most aggressive and mean reactions I got were from young women who were. Calling me an ugly bitch and, you know, a tramp and a slut and other words which I'll not repeat and it's then tough, isn't it? Just really vile. And then I remember once actually so How remember. long does this
0: go on for?
2: This went on for a while. This went on for a good good while. And then it didn't help that like <laughs> I remember I was doing a a fo- I did a photo shoot for the Daily Mail magazine and I was on the cover of the Daily Mail magazine with a, with a massive title that said Am I the Most Hated Woman in Ireland? If you're on the main television station on...
0: The biggest show in the country. The
2: biggest show in the country, possibly in the history of the state, you are... You c- it's completely inescapable. And when you know it's completely inescapable before you even start and then you do that and you see the initial reaction isn't good, to know that when you go out, when somebody recognises you, you don't know whether they're going to come up and say, can I get a photo? Or they're going to come up and go, you're a...
0: Did it ever get physical, or did you ever fear that it would get physical?
2: There was one guy I remember being in the ILAC Centre in Dublin who was, I, who was just giving me these weird, really weird, angsty eyes that I was kind of like going, "Is he going to come up and lamp me, or is he going to try, or is he just going to come up and say something?" And I remember I just, I stopped where I was and I knelt down to tie my shoelace to wait till he'd passed, and that was the first, and I think, the only time where I ever felt
0: on edge physically on edge that somebody might actually go for me do you think at any point did you think I wish I hadn't done that did it get did it get to the point where it was a regret
2: no every now and again new bits of it would pop up and so or somebody would be reminded of it or and they'd they'd comment on it again I remember one time showing somebody it a video on YouTube of the scene and a comment underneath some lad had written oh I'm going to rape her or something and that kind of made me go hang on a minute this is insane (laughs) so there's two ways of dealing with this is you kind of take it into yourself and take a step back and kind of allow it to win, or you just go, fuck it.
0: Buy tickets to the best theatre in London the new way. With the TodayTix app, getting great offers and access to exclusive tickets has never been easier. With TodayTix Rush, you won't have to queue at the box office for hours to get day seats, and you can access big savings with their lotteries for shows like Kinky Boots and The Bodyguard. Download TodayTix, the theatre ticket app, from the App Store and Google Play, And see theatre differently. Um, What's the longest you've been without working?
2: Um, There was a long period of about. Was it August? I did about seven or eight months, and then I did three weeks of work, and then another four months
0: in the worst of that do you think this is it I might never work again yeah what do you put it down to on your darker days
2: I don't know a million things run through your head I'm, you, you do get the initial slightly exaggerated I'm really bad at this they've, they've, everybody's they've finally figured out that I can't actually do this and the bluffing is done right um, I I don't have the look I'm not the right look um, I'm too old the other thing I'm too old for this I'm in a weird in-betweeny space where I'm too old for one thing
0: that I used to be able to do and I'm not old enough for the other thing do you think any of that was right? do you think any of that was accurate? or do you think it was just paranoia in the midst of a of a break?
2: I think it was, it was a combination of two. I mean, there's a certain element of reality in it and that when you reach a certain age, that you, you know, you hit 30 and you start going into that early 30s thing where you're going, what well, you I, mean? I'm not going to play, you know, 18 to 24 anymore. And, you know, 40 is just outside. Give me another couple of years and then I'll be able to do those. Uh, I was also an Irish actress known but not well-known in London. And unfortunately, in the early days, you are waiting for an Irish play. And that's just it, you know? So you go into a room for an audition, and it's a bit weird, and you walk in, and you go, I've been doing my RP for five hours every day for the last three weeks and you go in you sit down and you do it and they go, great, now could you do that in your own accent? And then you go, I haven't got this job now because unless you're going to re- recast the entire play with Irish people, I'm not doing this play. So you then go, somebody's going to do an O'Casey any minute now. I'll be grand.
0: Yeah, just, just sit around waiting for the O'Casey bus.
2: Yeah, so it's that as well. It's, it's a combination of...
0: Of different things. Time. Did you ever think about giving up? Have you ever? Not necessarily in that period, but I mean, in oh, the course well, of your career, have you thought about giving up? Yeah. I mean, re- I mean, really giving up? Not in that kind of, I do sometimes, in a kind of petulant teenage way of going, I'm giving up. I mean, you know, it was my petulant teenage, in case, was, in case that that anyone was. still thinks I can do that. I mean, radio plays, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> um, but, uh, always available. I
2: don't know how serious I've ever been about giving up. I think it, it, it it might have been a bit of that. I'll never do this again. I'm gonna get a real
0: job. What would the real job be if I was to say to you, "Listen, you can't"? Yeah.
2: I cannot do anything other than what I do. I have no skill set
0: <laughs> other than acting. I've been not I've, at all. No. So if, I, if it came to it and I said, you can't act anymore, I you had to make money, what, what would you most likely do tomorrow? Would you go and ask for a job in a cafe? I would work, I, see, i
2: do an actory job. Act, the, act, the jobs that actors do when we're not acting. Yeah. Um, I've already done market research on the phone, so I know what, what's involved in that, and I would do anything other than that, because I cannot, would not, ever.
0: Uh, how important is luck, do you think?
2: I think you've got to be prepared for luck. I think if luck comes... Luck does play a part, but if you're not ready for it...
0: It's good. This is good.
2: Then it's gone. I agree. You can't just... It's...
0: What does that mean in practical terms, do you think?
2: It means... Reading the plays. All of them. Reading the books. All of them. Practising your accents. All of them. Um...
0: Do you do that? Like, I mean, if you're not working, say, let's say those eight months plus three months or seven months plus four months, whatever it was, seven plus four, um, do you sit and read a bit of a book and, you know, a Birmingham accent? Is that the Yeah. Yeah? yeah? And read listen, books about theatre? Listen theater. to
2: other, other accents, read books on anything and everything. Get as much perspective on the world as you can.
0: Do you find people get side? Do you th- do you think people get sidetracked by the business? Sidetracked by you know the kind of I did a roundtable recently in here with some actors here come out of drama school, and they were talking about tweeting, casting directors, and you know part of your soul dies, right? Um, tweeting
2: casting directors i know it's
0: a thing why
2: would you do that it's a thing i can imagine any casting director who would want me to do that in fact i can very much imagine a casting director telling me to go and fuck myself
0: but do you think you know in terms of like if you were if you were uh, i always ask the question about advising your younger self but if you were advising a younger actor not necessarily your your own self um on what to do when they're not working would you would you be kind of prioritizing reading books and reading plays over uh, buying a copy of Contacts and finding out who casting directors are? I don't... It's a, t- like it is a t-
2: it's a really tough one because you've got to keep yourself sane, man. And you've got to mind yourself. You really do have to look after yourself. And you've got to know when to stop. You've got to know when to live your life. And you also got to look after the business side of things. Um, And it's a tough balance. It really is. Um, You can do the business stuff fairly quickly. And once it's done, you know it's done.
0: What is the business stuff for you? The
2: business stuff is... Knowing what's on.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Knowing who's casting it.
0: That's it. Basic.
2: And knowing where you stand in the world knowing where you stand in this world which is not always necessarily where people tell you you are okay so that you can go so you know what you can do so that you can go put me in for this put me in for that put me in for that if you spend if you you got up at 8 o'clock yep right and have a shower have your brekkie Maybe do a bit of yoga. Green juice. Meditate. And then 9 to 12. When you're not working. Or if you're doing shift work.
0: Whatever. Do it and
2: then in the evening. Yep. Flick through season programs. What's this? Note of it. Who's casting it? Note of it. You can still have a life and take care of that. Yeah. I don't know if it's my personal experience of not just how tough the business can be but how tough life can be and how ridiculous life can be that gives me a sense of humour about it and even still I can get like frustrated and angry and disappointed by it but the, the more I move on, the older I get the more I can laugh at it and laugh at myself. I mean, there's always that thing of turning around, and I've done it probably more than once. i um, of turning around to my agent and flipping out about, well, why wasn't I seen for that? This is ridiculous. How can I not be seen for that? And then two months having to, you know, eat my own words because I've got a different play. Yeah. <laughs> that was actually more... I enjoying more than if I had got the other thing. Happens
0: all the time. And be
2: able to... But the, the ability to be able to sit there, acknowledge you've done that, and laugh at it. You'll have to catch yourself every now and again going, what are you doing? Calm down.
0: What's the most difficult thing about being an actor?
2: Oh. I don't know. There's loads. Um... There's loads of
0: difficult things about being an actor. Start with the best things then. What's the best things about being an best actor? The best thing
2: about being an actor? Getting to play. Playing. Being a professional
0: child. Player. <laughs> 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 being a professional player. I was like a go, I was hoping you were going to that, go player there. That was pretty, pretty special. <laughs> so being a professional child.
2: Being a professional, well, yeah. I think that's, that's kind of being oversimplistic, but it's insane what we do for a living. And like that, you can get, you know, really caught up in it and really, you know, almost too serious. And I, I've done this where I've gotten too serious about it, where I've gotten too intense about it. But knowing the importance, maybe afterwards, of the fact that it's, it's play. I can't remember what I was doing and I take my work seriously and I do need to be told occasionally to relax um, and it was a reunion of the transition year musicals from school and I remember standing beside a stage I, rem- I looked back and all the other stuff I'd done and I was I suddenly remembered all of this stuff I'd done in Dublin and going, Oh God I used to love that That's what it is. That's what I'm... That's what I forgot.
0: Yeah.
2: That's the stuff I forgot about. The, okay, we have no money. What are we going to do? Let's go down to your man down the road and see if he let us dig around in a skip and take out some...
0: We're doing doing it purely because we love it.
2: We're doing it purely because we love it. If we make anything, we'll make about 25 quid each. And if we make that, that's great. We'll probably piss that away in the pub. Yep. And... People are going to come and people are going to
0: love it. I used to love that kind of. I used to, we started a theatre company like like everybody does. Or everybody did certainly. I think used to anyway. It's harder in London, I imagine. But um, my, my my when I was starting, I was like I want everybody. I want it to be like a circus. Like I want everybody to do everything. I'd never been in the circus, but I had this notion like, like foots barn. But yeah, I had this notion that like people turned up like exactly like foots barn. You put it up, and whoever somebody hangs a light, focuses a light, and the next thing they're getting into the costume. Like that—that that was the model of theatre that but, I fell in love with. At that's t- the at dream. Like 21.
2: That's the dream, and I think in Dublin or in the or in in Ireland, not on the whole island, making theatre was just something that was done. When You're I was still, in drama school, yes. you just made it. Everybody made it. We used to go down the Stephen's Green We'd we'd collect a bit of money together. We would. We'd do our costume shop of a Saturday we'd go from the very top of Cable Street to the very bottom of Cable Street in Dublin where all of the charity shops were and we'd buy our costumes we'd do our show, it was, yeah, we'd do two shows a day in Stevens Green, we weren't allowed to charge so we'd busk and mm-hmm. um, we'd have our lunch in the park dream and then we'd do our second show
0: oh making me really nostalgic for being in a theatre band like it felt like you were it was rock and roll like it was properly it rock was, and roll
2: it was what I understood it to be was that the players you were a bunch of players mm-hmm. putting together a show and that can get lost in London where there's so much bureaucracy in theatre now
0: I also think there's something to be said for um, the kind of creative control that comes with that. I mean, at that level, it's real. We're both being fairly idealistic about it, it has to be said, because, like, we can't sustain that forever. And I do regret that I've moved into the part of my life where I can't afford to work for free most of the time, right? Because there's something lovely f- about going, that's really good, and those are really nice people, and I want to do well, something we've kind of them.
2: moved into a place now where, and I understand it to a certain extent, where, you know, we're all told we're not to do that. Yeah. And... I think there has to be a balance in that. I think, I think shouting at people and telling them, don't work for free, don't give away your services free. Don't do it to other people. Don't, don't have other people do it to you. Don't let people abuse you.
0: But you want to collaborate use with people. And you. Yeah.
2: And use your services for free. But don't ever forget that the option is there if you want to tell that story. Tell it. Yeah. It's a, and it is a lot harder here than it is in Dublin.
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, Definitely than Belfast. I mean, if, I, if you want to get something off the ground, I'd say if you're 22 and you're in London, unless you have a seriously wealthy set of parents yeah. or a trust fund, yeah. you're going to be working 50 hours a week to pay your rent. So, you know, that's the difficulty. Well, haven't you heard
2: that's all rubbish?
0: According to... According uh, to
2: Three Posh Boys.
0: It- it's a nonsense. <laughs> um, if you could go back and give yourself advice, that person um, who's, you know, walking one end of Dublin to the other, promoting a player you're not allowed to charge for, and offer her advice that would somehow help along the way to make things easier or less stressful, or maybe just expedite getting to the place you're at now, professionally, personally, what kind of advice would you give?
2: I would tell her, remember this. What you're feeling now, remember this. And when when this feeling goes, check yourself and ask, why am I not feeling the thing? And then you go, am I stopping myself feeling the thing? No. There's a person in this room who's stopping me Fe- feeling this thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, it's not me.
0: It's Damien Lewis.
2: <laughs> can't afford to feel the thing, Damien. <laughs> Let me a tenor, Damien, and I'll feel the thing.
0: Do you describe yourself as political? Yeah, very. Do you think that's a necessity, doing what we do?
2: Um, I think it's it's an inevitability of what we do. I think what we do is political, you know? And in order to... F- you can't... I don't think you can be involved in something political and maintain any kind of naivety.
0: Um, normally, at this point, I would ask if you could change anything about the industry, what would it be? But I'm going to change that. I'm going to say based on what we talked about at the very start, which was your desire, and it's again this human rights thing and about engaging with what you do now, with the hope that you can uh, you know, make people feel or think or want to change something about the world. If you could be in a play that made people feel differently and, and rise up and change something, small or big, what would be the thing in the world you would most like to be able to fix through play? That's a big question. It's a
2: huge question.
0: Um, I suppose it's the question: is if an offer came through from your agent today, and all things being equal, it's great people, great whatever. Mm-hmm. What what world problem would you be get most excited about talking about on stage?
2: If there was a way of of If there was a play that existed, that showed people that... Not the root of all evil, but that racism, sexism, homophobia, these things, they're connected. That these evils and the the flow of money through the world are not two separate things. The other thing that I would do a play about, actually, and this is something I've been thinking about a lot recently... And I was gonna. I was thinking about writing something myself on it. Was it? It, it goes back to that idea that I, that during love hate, some of the most aggressive responses came from women. Young women is why women and how women are pitched against each are pitted against each other, and how that ultimately is a huge barrier to our getting what we
0: actually want. Listen, this this is one of those moments when I feel like I want to talk about everything and all of a sudden you go, <laughs> oh I don't have to just go on Twitter, we could just sit and talk right now about the world of rights. We could fix the world. It's also. not, not going to happen uh, over in the next half an hour, but um, thank you so much for being so honest and thoughtful in your answers. I think I've rarely seen someone be so thoughtful in terms of how they say what they say to make sure that they're saying what they want to say if that makes any sense Um, I certainly could learn a lot from that (laughs) (laughs) because I just speak into the silence and then go that's not what I meant at all that is somebody who's been through a lot of interviews I'm guessing and and learned the hard way Uh, (laughs) listen thank you so much for your time one question remaining which is are you in anything at the minute
2: no I'm in fun employment I can't take credit for the word fun employment but I do employ the word fun employment a lot do you? yeah
0: I don't think I could
2: I have to you have to it's hilarious the very fact that you would call it fun employment
0: fun em- I'm fun employed <laughs> resting is not something I'm a big fan of either I hate resting resting is something non-actors wrestling. call being unemployed resting um, actually it's the least restful fucking it's thing it's the most stressful you've thing, thing you've ever been through, been through yeah. Yeah.
2: when you're sitting up at four o'clock going oh I've completely lost my body, body clock hates me why is this well
0: listen uh, I wish you continued happy fun employment for as long as it suits you, and then much happy employment. I was going to say unemployment. (laughs) That's not the opposite of fun employment, is it? Uh, Listen again, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Not at all. Thank you, sir. That's it from me for another fortnight. I'll be back in two weeks with the final episode of this series. In the meantime, if you get a chance, it would make a massive difference to everyone at the Actors Children's Trust and all of the actors who benefit from their great work. If you consider going on to justgiving.com forward slash Harden and giving just a few quid, every penny helps. And just to prove that I'm not the only actor stupid enough to run a marathon for charity, here's evidence of at least one other. Hi, my name is Joel Stubbs and I will be running the London Marathon in April. Yes, I'm as surprised as you are. 26 miles absolutely terrifies me. However, I'm running it for a charity and the charity is Mind. They're a mental health charity and I think their work is vital, especially for actors. If you want to follow my progress, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at JoelB83. That's J-O-E-L-B-E-E-8-3. And there's links to my sponsorship page there as well. Thank you in advance. If you would like to feature in the final episode of the series with your own marathon fundraising campaign you can drop me an audio file to honestactors at gmail.com and I'll make sure that it makes it into the edit that's it though for this week speak to you soon